0: You are tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nachumsiegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast.
1: Hey everyone, and welcome to another great edition of the Nachum Siegel Network's JM Sunday. Hope you're doing okay. We are here. My name is Matis Weingast, and uh, let's see. We are uh, just trying to get this connection set up. It seems a bit low. Sorry for that. And uh, it is November 23rd, 2014, first of Kislev, Rosh Chodesh, 5775. We are uh, we have a great show in store. It's a difficult show because, of course, what happened in Israel last week has affected everyone around the world, especially in Israel. And uh, we'll be joined by two special guests later on this morning. We will be joined by uh, Ziva Kambeser, who is author of the book Living Beyond Terrorism, and she'll be joining us talking about... How to possibly get through something like this, uh, and you know, we'll talk about that. We'll see what what suggestions she has and uh, what she has learned in her studies, and then we'll be joined by member of Knesset Dov Lipman, who uh, will talk about the aftermath of the massacre and his uh, his feelings, his reactions. He was in the same shul the following morning to daven with everybody and uh, to give them solidarity. Usually I go through a wrap up of things. I just want to check the connection here for a second, so we're gonna to go to some music and then uh, we will be back with uh with more, of course. We're here till nine o'clock this morning on the Nahum Siegel Network. Thanks everyone for joining me. We're gonna start off with a little Eton Cats right here on JM Sunday. cats with Anila Dodi followed by god Elbaz with brahat amazon here on j m Sunday Mats wine guest with you and uh it is a uh it is a cloudy day today here in the north New Jersey area it's going to go to uh actually right now I'm looking outside it's pretty clear but they tell us it's cloudy maybe some areas forty one degrees going up to a high of fifty five degrees which is a veritable heat wave after the uh, freezing cold temperatures we had last week. It's going to be partly cloudy this afternoon. Rain expected tonight, 45 degrees overnight. In Jerusalem right now, it's 58 degrees and raining, going down to a low of 46 and raining also. It is Rosh Kodesh Kislev, a good Rosh Kodesh to everybody. It is the 23rd of November, first day in the month of Kislev. It's just a one-day Rosh Kodesh if you're doing Defyomi. And studying Dafyomi, it's Yevamos Daf 550. Five, Difficult week in Israel, to say the least. And we'll be having two guests on in the eight o'clock hour. We'll have uh, we'll start with a Ziva Converseur, who wrote a book called Living Beyond Terrorism. It's uh, about families and people who were uh, affected by terrorist acts uh, over the years, and she did a study. Of them, uh, we'll, we'll get her reaction. I want to hear from her what she has to say about how to deal with, uh, especially speaking to children nowadays, uh, if she has any thoughts on that. When, uh, as Naha mentioned last week, in the, uh, it's so easy for, for people to see what goes on in the moment's notice, a few seconds notice, and, you know, how, how do you deal with that if you're not directly affected by it, but, uh, you know, you're listening to the news, watching the news, Children are certainly seeing this, uh, and you know how do you deal with that? We'll we'll try to talk about that with Ziva Converser. and then at eight thirty we're going to be joined by Rabbi Dova Lipman, member of Knesset, and uh, he'll uh, he'll tell us about his experiences. Last week he was in the same shul where the massacre took place. The next morning, davening with everybody as they all came together. Would like to hear about that and what's going on in Israel right now. That's our show for today. Music. Uh, until then, of course, and, uh, Robert Golwasser at 7.30, news from Israel in English, live at 8 o'clock, with Hannah Julian. It's, uh, a lot of programming going on today on the, sh- on the, uh, network, all day long, great encore performances, great music stream, and a, uh, first edition, of course, of, uh, Elliot Weiselberg's Court Report. It's the season, so he's on. He'll have a special 30-minute edition. He'll finish up his two-part interview with uh, Josh Kahana, who's the director of the Cooper Invitational Tournament. They'll be discussing Josh's favorite Cooper tournament moment and why Josh actually hopes that North Shore will take down Hafter at some point this year. Maybe his uh, hope came to fruition last week. Who knows? <laughs> well, a lot of people do know, but Elliot will recap uh, the first regular season basketball meeting between the two from this past Tuesday. That all takes place tonight, 7 p.m. court report, only on the Nachum Siegel Network, nachumsegel.com. Over at JM and the AM, it's going to be a short week for Nachum this week. He'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., of course. He'll be in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then he'll be off on Thursday and Friday for Thanksgiving and the day after. It's a Mayor Thanksgiving set of days with uh, Mayor Mayor Weingarten on Thursday and Mayor Furtig on Friday. My thanks in advance to them for hosting the shows there. If you get a chance, like us on Facebook, the JM Sunday page, and uh, you can send me an email at matis at M-A-T-T-E-S at nachamsiegel.com. The uh, Israel show is on Monday mornings after Nacham at 9 a.m. on the stream, exclusively that's with Mayor Weingarten. You can like his page also. We're going to go to more music. We'll be back with Morning Chizik at 7.30. Here's Simchas Chayim. From uh, the Dudu dairy combination right here on JM Sunday. <laughs>
2: que a ar-
1: Eli Gerstner, we're a drop late for Rabbi Goldwasser. It is 7.32 in the morning here on a JM Sunday. Matas, Wine guest with you. Let's go to Rabbi Goldwasser, then we'll let you know what's going on the rest of this show and the rest of the day. Rabbi Goldwasser's words,
0: Yosef Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizok. Good morning. The Rambam writes in Hilchus Tshuva, Every person can be a tzaddik, like Moshe Rabbeinu, even though it says in the Torah, None will arise like Moshe. This was stated concerning the vua prophecy and not righteousness. Hagoyner Rav Elchanan Wasserman asks an interesting question: Is it really possible for any person to reach the level of Moshe in any aspect of his greatness? Rav Elchanan gives us an explanation: Moshe was called the Eved Hashem, the servant of Hashem, because he used all of his power all of his koichas, all of his mind in his entire being to sanctify Hashem. This is requested from every Jew. As we learn in Avos, all of our deeds should be for the sake of heaven. We understand that all that has been given to us was given for a specific reason. And therefore, it's our responsibility to use all that we have for Avodas Hashem. This was the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. Even though a person could use all of his koichas, his talents and his abilities for thousands of years and not rise to the hills of Moshe Rabbeinu, it's because we haven't been given the abilities or the understanding of Moshe. However, this doesn't take away from the value of even the simple man. The poor person fulfills his obligation with a korban ani, the poor man's sacrifice, just as the rich man fulfills his obligation with the korban usher or the rich man's sacrifice. This is the meaning of the Rambam. Every person can be a tzaddik like Moshe Rabbeinu. Each individual can go according to his own abilities and can serve Hashem to the utmost, as did the greatest leader of Am Yisrael. A servant... One saved the king's life. The king wished to reward him, and he gave the servant four wooden stakes. He told him he could place each of those four stakes in the ground. Whatever area he cordoned off with these particular stakes would then belong to him. The servant placed the first stake in the ground. He then went a distance and placed the second stake in the ground. He then ran an even further distance and put the third stake in the ground. Then he thought of a great idea. He took the fourth stake and he kept on running. He never stopped. In life, our capabilities are only limited by our own perception. We must broaden that perception and continue a life of upward striving. This has been Rabbi Dovid Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizek. Have a nice day.
1: Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. 7.35 in the morning here on JM Sunday. Matas guest with you exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hope you're listening there or on the app. If you don't have that NSN app, get it. People keep on getting it. It is the best way to listen to this show and to all the uh, shows on the network. This uh, this Sunday, we have great programming throughout the day, including a music stream and encore programming. And then, of course, at 7 o'clock, we have Elliot Weiselberg with Court Report. It is a first-run episode, and it's a special 30-minute edition of the Court Report. Elliot will be joined by uh, Josh Kahana, who's the Cooper Invitational Tournament Director. He'll, Elliot will finish up his two-part interview with him. And they'll discuss uh, Josh's favorite Cooper tournament moment. They'll uh, Elliot will give a wrap up of the sports from during this past week, and that all takes place exclusively on the network at 7 p.m. on the Court Report, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com. We are here till nine o'clock in the morning. Coming up at eight o'clock, news from Israel. It's a very difficult week to say the least, obviously. But we'll hear what's going on in Israel. We'll get the headlines. And then at 8.15, I'll be joined by uh, Ziva Kahn-Visser, is an author and has written a book called Living Beyond Terrorism. We'll get her take on the situation and how people can uh, respond and how they feel after such, uh, you know, what, what they actually, more appropriate, what they can do uh, to, uh, to help them after such uh, events like the past week. And then at 8.30 we'll be joined by Rabbi Dova Lipman, member of Knesset. He has uh, graciously agreed to join us on this very busy day. And uh, he was in the same shul where the massacre took place last week. He was there the next day. So we'll find out about that when he joins us at 8.30. And then, of course, we're here till 9 o'clock. As much music as we can fit in. And uh, if you have a chance... Join us on the Facebook page, JM Sunday. Like us there. Also like the Israel Show. I always mention that. Mayor Weingarten has a fantastic show on Monday mornings at 9 o'clock on the stream, right after JM in the AM with Nachum Siegel. Nachum will be uh, here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at JM in the AM. and Then Mayor Weingarten and Mayor Fertig will take over the reins for Thursday and Friday Thanksgiving holiday. Right now it's 41 degrees outside. It's a veritable heat wave, as I said before. It's clear it's going up to a high of 55 degrees. Right now it's 15 degrees more than it was yesterday morning when we woke up on Shabbos morning. It's going up to 55 degrees, partly cloudy. Expected to go to 45 degrees tonight with rain. In Jerusalem it's 58 degrees and raining going down to a low of 46 and more rain. It's Rosh Kislave. So what better way to usher in Rosh than with Mayor Sherman right here on JM Sunday. (laughs)
0: Beg you, so A
3: a Say my question, say, hey, no, I know who you like, be most your day.
2: They shall not shall for saying I am who
3: you love me must in your name. Say, hey, do you want me to do? I will hurry and slag. Be
1: Uh, music by Gabriel Kahana, Mivon Siach. Here on JM Sunday, uh, we announced the the, um, the guests that we would have on today, including a uh, Ziva Converser who will be on at 8:15, and uh, Rabbi Dov Lipman who will be on at 8:30. Uh, but I'm joined right now by a uh, by a very special person, and uh, we want to talk about what happened last week. I'm joined on the air right now. By Shlomo Zwickler from Beta Road. Shlomo, good afternoon to you. Uh, hi
4: there, Natas.
1: Shlomo Leichhelm and Chodesh Tov. Uh, Chodesh Tov to you. Shlomo, we, we know there's so many things going on, um, in Israel and in Beta Road and the, and the fantastic work that's done in Beta Road, but what, uh, a tragedy happened on, uh, Friday. Fill us in on what happened there and how everybody's doing, please. Uh, well, um,
4: unfortunately there was an incident on uh Friday nights, uh nearby the Beita Road. It's um it's nothing new, unfortunately. Um the situation has been going on for over five months now. I mean uh, basically this past Friday evening a small group of students from the Shiva were attacked by an Arab mob on their way back to Beta Road from evening prayers from uh you know Kabbalah Shabbat et cetera, um that they conducted nearby on uh Haraz on the Mount of Olives Ridge. Uh one student of ours was lightly injured, uh the it here in Israel, uh. And another was moderately wounded, which is pretty serious. He unfortunately uh uh suffered from wounds from a plank of wood full of nails, mm. a uh, quite interesting unfortunate weapon um that was utilized by this Arab mob to attack this group of students. Um that boy who was moderately wounded, um, remained in the hospital. He's in stable condition, but he still remains in the hospital. Um yes to in the context of the Jewish neighborhoods, uh... Jewish residents of the eastern neighborhoods of Israel's capital, uh have been conducting you know normative life for several decades now. But for the past five months, like I said, uh, Jews here have been targeted incessantly by repeated attacks on on their schools in shivot on shuls, uh playgrounds, et cetera, et cetera. The, the incident that took place on Friday night could easily have been a complete disaster. Chas v'shalom. Um, we, we, you know, we, we operate in the the opinions that we maintain and the way that we educate our students, is such, that we don't uh, take actions into our own hands and we don't uh, do things uh, that are beyond the law. We uh, live within the law and we are proud of the fact that we live within such law, and uh, we educate our students to demand a definitive statement of israel's sovereignty, sovereignty in our capital by virtue of the uh... security forces the israeli security forces doing their job restoring the order and uh... ensuring that uh... jews can live freely in the most critical parts of our historic capital, which is, of course, the essence of our future.
1: Absolutely. uh, Absolutely. And I know that you know we hear about these things when they come up, especially after last week in Harnof. uh, Every event becomes um, a a bigger, uh, maybe I won't say issue, but but we hear more about it because of what happened. Uh, But I want everybody to realize Beirut is a beautiful place and uh, you run tours of the area and the, the yeshiva there and the community there. Uh, and there's a place to go and to visit and to come to. Uh, it is, uh, it is, it is basically safe place. Uh, you know, and, and you're there. Uh, Shlomo Zwickler is my guest right now from Beta Road. Uh, so, you know, I want to stress that, that yes, these things happen, but, um your yeshiva in the campus is a wonderful place to be, without question.
4: Well, yeah, but Beta Road's a unique, uh, access point because on the one hand, we are part and parcel of the Mount of Olives ridge. We're in an area which is of incredible strategic significance, and that's part one of the reasons why we're targeted all the time. Nice. At the same time, the the method of approach, the uh, way that you get to Beta Road is uh, how should we say an elegant one of sorts? Meaning, you don't have to actually go through any difficult neighborhoods uh, to get there to access it. It's adjacent to Hebrew University and to the site of the. Uh, about to be commenced for construction hopefully on the new command and staff college of the uh, ministry of defense the Israeli Ministry of Defense. So you know quite a a uh a, a, a typical and, and, and uh appropriate area of Israel's capital. Um, it is perfectly safe to come out at the same time, unfortunately, you know, when the entire city of Yerushalayim becomes uh, the front as we unfortunately saw in the terrible, terrible tragedy um in Harnuf just last week. Uh, you know everything, unfortunately, uh, sort of make, makes you shudder and, and, and shakes your very foundation. That's all the more reason why we must remain steadfast.
0: and Absolutely.
4: committed to our cause, which is the same cause that we've remained steadfast to and committed to for the last 2,000 years.
1: Absolutely, that is,
4: that is the right to live, the right to live freely as Jews in our land, under our sovereignty, living our lives, uh, practicing our our traditions and uh, doing so into forever.
3: And Absolutely. That
4: and that is our purpose that we will remain and keep doing. And uh, everybody has a, has a part in that. You know, some of us are lucky enough and privileged enough and also bear the responsibility of, of, of the privilege of being here physically in, in Eretz Yisrael and Yerushalayim and being on the literal physical front of that effort. But uh, even when people are, are, are not able for a variety of reasons of actually taking part in that physical presence and the physical front, uh, certainly, I'm, I'm no stranger to the reality that if it wasn't for our friends back in the States who stand with us shoulder to shoulder and, 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 and give us the, the very the very foundations upon which we're able to conduct all of our activities and to achieve our ecological goals, if it wasn't for that commitment, then we wouldn't be able to accomplish anything.
1: Right, 100%. a
4: very important statement to make. People need to remember that also. You know, there are lots and lots of causes, lots and lots of issues, but there are some that transcend. And, right. uh, I know it's, uh, it's, it's, it's easy for me to say, so to speak, because I, this is my, you know, this is what I do, this is my life, this is what I believe in, but, uh, I think that, uh, specifically at times like these, those words, uh, will not fall on death, death here.
1: No, 100%. And, uh, you know, we commend you for being there literally at the front lines, but at the same time, you have, uh, thousands of people who joined on Sukkot, uh, top the uh, Mount of Olives, Mount Olives, and, um, they were there for Sakota a number of weeks ago. Thousands of people enjoying and being there, and that's what we look and uh, you know pray for in the future. And we wish to to Shalom of course to the uh, to the injured uh, from Friday night's uh, attack.
4: Thank you very much, Matthew, You're welcome. Me, uh, for, Best way for including me in your, in your program.
1: Uh, it's a pleasure and honor. Best way to reach you and uh, to support the great cause.
4: Uh, just uh, head online to uh, just Google Beit Orot. We spell it with an E-I-T, B-E-I-T-O-R-O-T, two words. Or you can just, uh, if you uh, want to make the extra effort, just type in Uh The Hebrew website comes up first. There's a little link for English language, if you prefer that, on the top. And uh, we'd love to hear from all of our supporters and friends in any way, shape, or form.
1: Absolutely. And dinner coming up in January. I know Nachum talks about it a lot. We'll be mentioning it uh and uh it's uh, something to look forward to, in a way of uh, supporting yeah, the great work. Yeah, a
4: great way to support people. I, yeah. I always tell people and this year more than ever. I think it's 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 really it's really sad, Matas, that every year we have to say this year more than ever. Every yeah. year it becomes more than ever. Right. Um, but you know, it, it, here's an easy way, really, to show your support for Yerushalayim, and also to physically stand for Yerushalayim. You know, we always say that at dinner on January 6, we're not asking you to pick up a gun, not asking you to put on a uniform, not asking you to right. make Aliyah. Although, you should do all those three right. things, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> blink, I'm gonna say it point blank. But nevertheless, not even asking me to do that, all we're asking me to do is to come out to Times Square to the Crown Plaza, and to enjoy some you know something to drink, something some some good food, some good cheer, and uh, good friendships, and to be inspired and make a big important stand for the sake of our future, for the sake of the city of Yerushalayim.
1: Absolutely. Again, Shlomo Zuckler, thank you so much for joining us on this very busy day. And again, Rufus and Chodesh Tov to you and everybody there. Thank you, Amen. take care. That is Shlomo Zwickler, direct from Yushalayim from Beit Road and we're going to go to a little bit of music, and then we'll get to the news from Israel in just a just a few seconds here on JM Sunday. A little introduction to Eliyahu Hanavi from uh, Hamakar. And uh, it is uh, 8.01 in the morning and it's time for our news from Israel. I want to thank uh, Shlomo Zwickler again and apologize in advance to Hannah Julian because we were running a little over. But it is time for our news from Israel. Hannah Julian, Middle East news analyst and senior correspondent at JewishPress.com, joins us every Sunday morning to bring us up to date on the latest happenings in the state of Israel. Good morning, Hannah Julian.
5: Good morning, Montes. Good morning, Mantis. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu spoke with U.S. Secretary John Kerry last night about the progress, or more accurately, the lack of progress in the nuclear talks with Iran. Israel's position remains that no agreement at all is preferable to a bad agreement that would endanger Israel, the Middle East, and all of humanity. That's what the prime minister told Mr. Kerry. Also this weekend, the Prime Minister ordered ministers to submit legislation revoking social and legal rights from residents who participate in terrorism or incitement against the State of Israel. If passed, terrorists and those who incite to terrorism will lose national insurance, and so will their family members who supported them. The nationality law also comes before the Cabinet today. That's the law that calls for formalizing Israel specifically as the national state of the Jewish people, specifying the flag, anthem, immigrant rights to Jews and other national symbols. The law also ensures equal individual rights for all citizens, Jewish or not. Two Arab infiltrators were arrested along the Gaza border at midday today. The IDF says the two men crossed near the security fence along central Gaza. One of them was carrying a grenade. IDF soldiers confiscated the weapon and took the men into custody. No injuries reported. The IDF arrested 12 Arabs wanted for participating in riots and throwing firebombs as weapons. All 12 taken into custody overnight at various locations in Judea and Samaria. Last week's terror attack on a Jerusalem synagogue has left Canadian Israeli citizen Howie Rothman in a coma. Rothman is age 53. A hatchet finished the vision in one eye, and he's suffered brain damage as well, according to the doctors who were treating him in Jerusalem. And uh, the, they have asked for help from the public they uh, are making an appeal in Toronto i have to tell you that the uh, united jewish appeal in toronto is asking for the public to help rothman's family he has 10 children six are still at home the public is also being asked to pray for the recovery of haim yachil ben malka the weather in israel is seasonably cool with temperatures dipping into the 50s and 40s overnight depending on where in the country you're staying Have a safe and peaceful new month of Kislev, and may it bring light to the land. Have a great week, everyone. I'm Hannah Julian for J.M. Sunday.
1: That's our news from Israel. Thanks, Hannah Julian. We'll see you next week right here on J.M. Sunday, exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. It is 8.04 in the morning. We'll go to some music, and then we'll be joined by Ziva Converser, who is an author. She wrote a book recently called Living Beyond Terrorism. We'll talk about recent developments in Israel. And then at 8.30, my guest will be member of Knesset, Rabbi Dov Lipman. We'll discuss what happened last week and uh, his reaction uh, when he visited the same shul the very next day. And that is on the stream, NachamSiegel.com, the NSN app. We are here with you on JM Sunday. My thanks again to Shlomo Zwickler for joining us at the very last moment. And uh, we were able to get uh, get his take on what happened on Friday night. And uh, we wish you a full shame, of course, to everybody that was attacked there. And in the many other incidents that took place over the course of the last few days. Here's the Tamim and Boys Choir with Basimka on JM Sunday. To do SSM Shlemy Kaufman right here on J.M. Sunday. Mata Swine guest with you. It's 8.15 in the morning and we're here till 9 o'clock every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. You can listen to us at NSN on the NSN app. You can listen to us on the Nachum Siegel Network, Siegel.com. My thanks to Shlomo Zwickler who joined us from Beta Road this morning. It was unexpected that we were able to get to him, but he joined us and we thank him so much. Coming up at... Um, Coming up at 8.30 today, my guest will be Rabbi Dov Lipman, who's a member of Knesset. He'll be talking about the events of last week and his visit to the shul in Harnov immediately after the um, after the attack. Right now, it gives me great pleasure uh, to welcome to the air an author by the name of Ziva Kahnvassar who wrote a book recently called Living Beyond Terrorism. It is a very timely subject, unfortunately, and it seems to be a timely subject all the time in Israel. Uh, Ziva Converser, welcome to JM Sunday. Thank you. I appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, I, first, I, I have to uh, tell everybody: read, read the book, get the book. It's a Geffen publication. Uh, it is an amazing book. It is a book of strength, and uh, I, I wish we had more time today to talk about the book itself. Uh, which I encourage people to get because it'll give them strength in every situation. But today, because of what happened last week, especially, I I really would like your your opinion, your thoughts uh, on how people can get through the news that they hear, even if they're not directly related to the people involved. They go through feelings. They go through uh, you know so many so much turmoil. What do they go how do they get through it? How do people get through this?
6: I, well, first, I want to say that we should take a lesson from the people in Harnoff um, to, to hear about their reactions that despite their sadness and the mourning, that there's not a talk of anger and revenge. It's really going back to who they are, to their faith to being strengthened by that and by their religious practice. Um, They demonstrate a a, a tremendous resilience and and strength, and and that's really what I talk about. How do you live alongside of all that pain and the horror and the distress and and, and be able to, not not in the moment, but eventually move forward with
1: your life? It is amazing. We saw that also when the three boys were murdered earlier in the uh, summer, uh, and uh, we saw the reaction of the parents. It was, I, I mean, amazing. I don't know what word to even use. It's almost surreal. But like you said, they're they're almost positive outlook, uh, not at what happened obviously, but to the future and to how to react. Uh, was was amazing and same here in in Harnof, as you just mentioned, yeah. where do they get that inner strength and and they 're the ones who actually are right there uh, ha, how, Where do they get their inner strength, and how do we look for that Do we just take it like you said from them? Uh, do we have actions that we could do to to help us gain that strength I think
6: many of us have this inside of us um it, it, we've grown up with certain values and beliefs and that are strengthening and it's really calling those forth thinking about how we were raised what what our our hopes were our optimism um it, it it's it's not um to find anything good in the in, in the event itself or right. in the trauma itself, it's in what we can make of it. it. It's in taking hold of whatever we can that can strengthen us.
1: Absolutely. In your book, you have uh, many stories, uh, and, and by the way, you did this book as a research project. It's the subject of your um, of your doctorate uh, degree, and. Uh, you focused on events that happened about uh, 10 to 12 years ago, different attacks uh, in Israel that we're still all familiar with. Uh, and it seemed that the resiliency of the people that you wrote about uh, sometimes comes from, as you said, from within all of us, but people don't realize it uh, when they. Uh, it doesn't come out and they don't realize they even had this until afterwards but then you have some who maybe took up their personality beforehand and um, were able to uh, manifest this this new type of reality if you will I know you spoke about you wrote about uh, an athlete who was uh, paralyzed from the waist down in a uh, bombing uh, many years ago back in 2002 uh in the uh in a a bombing in in the shook and the tanya and he is uh has been committed to a wheelchair ever since uh he knows he can't play sports anymore at least the the kind that he was used to Uh, but yet he has a very positive outlook uh did you find in your research that people didn't realize that they had this in them until it happened uh
6: some did and some didn't Mm uh and I think it took it takes time to process it, and it takes time for them to really understand. Uh, some, as we saw with Racheli e. Frankel re- recently, with the, one of the mothers of the kidnapped boys, she, immediately she she was able to stand up and speak and do things. And other people it can take years, and and to. Find the right way to do it. To to talk about it. um, To find the right people who can help you support through that. Um, Often, one of the ways is is a support group of others who unfortunately have been through it and understand who you are. You you don't have to say outright this is exactly what happened, but but who who are there for you um at which which you know one of the questions is what do we do as as supporters mm. and and how do we help and it's it's a delicate balance of just being there for each other and and, and listening and um Not being obtrusive,
1: but being there. Right. I, you raise a, a great point. My my guest is Ziva Converser, author of the book Living Beyond Terrorism, a Geffen Publication House publishing house publication. I urge show all the listeners to go out, get it, read it. It is a, a, a tremendous um, support book. It gives you strength no matter uh, what you're going through. You can gain strength from this book. Uh, you you mentioned about seeking the right support group and speaking with people. Um, I, I imagine that people who are affected by events such as we saw in Israel last week, and again, who may not be right there on the front lines, still will develop feelings that they may not realize are feelings based on that, and they should. Uh, I, I am. Is it true they should, you know, n- not uh, not push those feelings aside necessarily? They should embrace them and work with them to make sure that they have a good mental status.
6: Absolutely. Um, and, and look for, you know, look for positive role models. I, I, I think the press coming out of this has been remarkable. Mm-hmm. And and hearing how, how people are getting through it can help you if you're questioning, if you're wondering what to do about it. Um,
1: I know that there are, uh, if, if I may I know that people feel better it seems when they can do something uh, whether it's saying to Hill him whether it is uh, participating in a group that is uh, getting uh, uh, food or or uh, whatever it is together for groups they're they're websites like uh, com that, that popped up that you know you can contribute and money will get right to the people that are there I know that people if once they're doing something they feel like they've uh, come out of it a little bit and they, they're, they're they're feeling very positive uh, is that an important thing to do
6: well that, that works both ways that also helps the survivor uh, mm-hmm. as, as well I mean we see how many of them have gone on to what I say? Use the term "extraordinary action." Mm-hmm. People who create something out of the uh, the the horror and 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 the sadness. But that's not going to happen in the moment. Right. It's not going to happen immediately. But we see um, the foundations like the Kobe Mandel Foundation that mm-hmm. came out of the tragic loss of. Uh, Hobie Mandel in, in Tacoa, uh, we, the, the Karen Malkey from the Roth family whose daughter was murdered in the Sparrow Pizzeria.
3: Right.
6: So these, these are bigger, uh, mitzvot and deeds of chesed that come out afterwards, but even small things, you know, um, doing something right. and, and, and helping in little ways, or helping yourself in
1: little ways. Sure. So it's important to think this through, to 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 think about it, not push away the uh, the feelings, and also to try to do something positive uh, so that you are um, taking what happened and turning it into something positive. Um, uh, Ziva Convassar is, is my guest. The book is Living Beyond Terrorism. You are on the International Board of the Israel Center for the treatment of psychotrauma in addition to other organizations. You mentioned one right before we got on the air. I apologize, I didn't mark it down. Which uh, group is that?
6: Strength to Strength. Ah, okay. Which was founded by uh, one of the survivors of a bus um, bombing in Jerusalem, Sari Singer, from Lakewood, New Jersey, actually. And um, it's to help survive. Survivors helping survivors.
1: Right. Uh, I uh, I appreciate the time that you spent with us this morning. We could spend a lot more time, and I hope we do get a chance uh, to talk about the book and your work in the future. I apologize that you know because of the uh, the news and the events of the last week, we really wanted to get your take uh, specifically on this. Um, The book "Living Beyond Terrorism," Ziva. Converser is the uh, is the author. Uh, one last quick question: How did you have any thoughts on how you speak to children who are hearing about this? And now with the internet and the news cycle, everything is instantaneous. And you know that uh, maybe not you know very young children, but teenagers are certainly going to be seeing images, seeing what happens. Uh, what do you? What would you say to a child when they see this? How would you deal with that?
6: Yeah, that was a question that I asked many of the uh, trauma specialists and the child educators af- after the, the the kidnapping, and, and, and the message is, you, you really, you can't ignore it. Right. You can't set it aside. You have to answer your children's questions, and you, you have to answer it in their own way so that you know your child, you know what, Best helps them to cope. To hear the story, to hug them, to listen to music, to um, um, just be there and, and 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 find your way with them, but always
1: answer them. Right. basically not to sugarcoat it, but to tell them that things will be okay uh, because you do hear something instantaneously that happens somewhere else does not mean that that. You're going to get affected by this, or God forbid, something is going to happen, you know, to your family right now. It's a it's a tough thing to to tell a child when they're when you know, when they have the primal uh, yes. feeling of fear,
6: and and the best people to tell them are are their parents.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Ziva again, thank you so much for joining me this morning i, I encourage everybody to get this book. It is uh, timely unfortunately it's it 's timely almost any week we listen to the news uh, but it is important, and as I said, it does give strength to people uh, i mean i I read these stories and they 're amazing, even if it has nothing to do with terrorism or or a loss like that. Just hearing from the people the way they reacted you you tend to think that you know some of the problems we go through on a normal uh day to day life aren 't that aren't that bad you know, when you compare it. And if these people can get through it, we certainly can.
6: Well, thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Okay. Take care and, and have a great day. And chodosh tov to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. It is is uh, 8.29 in the morning. We'll be joined momentarily by uh, a member of Knesset, Dove Lipman. We're going to go to a little bit of music. My thanks again to Ziva converser for uh, joining us. Living Beyond Terrorism is the book. You search it and get it. it. is a an absolutely great book. Uh, and uh, we're going to hear a little bit of music, and then we'll be joined by Rabbi Lipman, member of Knesset, right here on J.M. Sunday. version of Nagila from uh, Eden here on JM Sunday. My uh, my thanks to Ziva Converser. Her book is Living Beyond Terrorism and I appreciate that uh, she was able to take the time to join us this morning and talk about the uh, recent events in Israel. And my thanks also to Shlomo Zwickler of Beta Road who joined us earlier today. It now gives me great pleasure and a great honor to welcome back uh, somebody who's been with us on the year before. He is a member of Knesset, he made Aliyah a number of years ago and has made a tremendous name for himself in a leadership role in the state of Israel. Rabbi Dov Lipman, honorable member of Knesset, welcome back to JM Sunday. Thank you so much, Shavua Tov and Chodesh Tov. Shavuot Tov and Chodesh Tov to you. I understand that you were in the, our neck of the woods here in the United States just a, a short time ago. Popped in to, uh, uh, some of the old stomping grounds of uh, your family.
7: I was really uh, thrilled to be able to come in for a, a family simcha and while I was there to make a few presentations, but it really was more of a, a personal trip and then I had to hurry back to uh, things that are going on here.
1: Absolutely. Now, uh, the question I want to ask you and get right to it is we had the tragedy in Harnof last week. How did you feel walking into that shul the next day to daven right where this happened?
7: Uh, my initial feeling was awe to see... People who were there the previous day, uh, walking through those doors and, and putting on towels and filling uh, in the same place where the day before uh, they were hiding under tables or, or running out of the room. Uh, also, uh, for the amazing people who cleaned up the shoal, just it, it sort of symbolized for me the the ability for the Jewish people to persevere through anything. And here we were. Uh, 24 hours later, less than 24 hours later, when Davenu started, and aside from holes, bullet holes in the glass windows, uh, you saw no indication that anything happened uh, that was unusual, um... The final thought that I want to mention is, I, you know, I've heard Birchata Gomel many times, uh, in my life. I uh, never heard it said the way it was said. Uh, two members of the Minion got up after Davening and benched Gomel and, uh, you know, they literally, with, uh, 24 hours beforehand, uh, were faced with death. Uh, they, they saw the terrorists, they saw the terrorists' eyes. Two of them, they, both of them were targeted by the terrorists and here they were uh less than a day later uh giving thanks to God for being saved it, it was too, very very moving very uh inspirational and, and i walked away you know, i went to give them try to give them some strength and i walked away they gave me so much strength and inspiration
1: that seems to be what what we're hearing the reactions of the families i mean it's, it's uh, I'm, absolute tragedy, and, and especially the way it occurred, uh, and yet we're seeing so much strength from those families, the same thing we saw after the kidnapping and murder of the three boys during the summer. Um, the resiliency is is almost mind-boggling, um, and, and yet the world media will turn everything around, as I'm sure you hear. And Israel becomes the one to uh to be blamed in all this. Uh, how do you react to that? How do you deal with that both on a personal level and as part of the government? What do you do?
7: Sure. Well, first of all, in terms of the family, you're right. I, I was there on uh, Arab Shabbos. I went to visit all four families, and uh, in particular, the wives. Um, just tremendous strength, their messages. That they said over and over again, we have to grow from this, make ourselves better from this. Holy men were taken from us, and now all of us have to take upon ourselves something holy. And I'm just going to mention one moving line that one wife said. They said to her, a tremendous consolation was knowing that I mean, let's remember they were in the middle of the silent monastery when these uh animals came into the room and started shooting and she said to know that her husband you know had most likely just said the words and therefore, at that point, he was a whole, you know, he was on the holiest of levels because he had just asked for forgiveness to know that he went in that way is a consolation for her. Just tremendously, uh, inspiring. And I want to tell you, they're inspiring the whole country. I went to visit them with, uh, young secular members of our party, uh, and they all walked away tremendously inspired and uplifted by, by the experience. Uh, in, in terms of the world media, I, I, you know, in my year and a half in this job, I, I've learned to have no expectations Mm -hmm. Uh, from anyone else uh, around the world. And uh, in in terms of explaining it, I I have no way to explain it other than some kind of underlying uh, anti-Semitism. And I'm not a person. I'm not a person. Whoever was in the camp of all of them dislike us, I had a wonderful experience growing up in America with non-Jews all around me who were certainly favorable. And I must say that I know that there are supporters of Israel and Jewish people all around the world. Uh, when it comes to the media though in particular, there's this sensationalism of, of turning us into, into the villains. And, and that's very painful. It's very difficult. We do our best to appear wherever we can, whenever we can, and tell the, the true story. Uh, we have successes here and there, but I'm not surprised by it, uh, any longer. And, uh, all we can do is day by day continue to Send the message. We, as members of the Knesset, are in touch with members of parliament from around the world. Uh, I appeared yesterday on NPR, and they were talking about the horrible destruction of these terrorists' homes, and I explained to them, you know, why we do it, and and, and that's what we'll continue to do. Continue right. to be there, telling the story, telling the message, and hopefully uh, there are ears that will listen to them.
1: Well, there are uh, uh, <laughs> you know, there are cultural differences, also, as as you know, and uh, people around the world don't realize it that um, doing what's done to the homes sends a profound message to those families and to others in our enemy's camp. Uh, other people well, don't I'm gonna realize be, I'm
7: that. Gonna be, I'm going to be honest with you. This is important for all of the listeners who might be asked about this in their workplace or in college. or right. uh, on the street. This is important. I, as someone who grew up in America... Uh, my initial reaction was negative. To be honest with you, it sounded like collective punishment to me, and I decided I would do some research. And I talked to a high-ranking minister who has been involved with this for 30 years, someone who, in terms of where he is on the political map, is viewed as being very left. I wanted to hear his thought about it. and He said, Dov, I am telling you, that it's been proven 100% from our interrogations over the years that it serves as a deterrent. And he said to me, once it serves as a deterrent, once we know that doing this means that we are preventing future attacks and saving lives, then regardless of what the world says and regardless of what it looks like, that's our responsibility as the security services in Israel. And that's the message. It's not a question of punishment. It's not. A, it's a question of we know 100% that doing this will prevent future attacks. And that, as leaders, is our responsibility. Yeah, we don't have to answer to anybody when it comes to protecting the lives of people.
1: Exactly. Here. Very well said. That you don't have to answer to anybody on that. And I don't understand what people would want if you if you bomb the house with people in it. They would, of course, have you know a, 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 an uprising like crazy. And it's a house, but you know, again, like you said, very important. People have to understand this. Uh, it must be very frustrating, though. It being in the government and hearing things that are coming from you know forget the world media, the world countries, but your own quote peace partners when you have uh, in jordan the the cabinet in Jordan getting up with a moment of silence for the two animals as you described them who perpetrated this on Harnof and uh, Abbas getting up there and saying, I think he said it a week before this event that uh, he vows that all of Jerusalem will be in Palestinian hands. And these are the people that you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Forget about what's out there in the world. How do you, how do you deal with that?
7: So first of all, and and in this point, I actually want to quote uh, the chairman of our party, the finance minister Yair Lapid. Yes. We came out very strongly, um, pointing the finger uh, in terms of the incitement. You know, I was I appeared in a TV studio two weeks ago, uh, across the table from a, a spokesman for Fatah, for mm. the Palestinian Authority, and he said, "What do you want from us when the Jews are contaminating the Temple Mount?" Yeah. <laughs> so I so I said to him, so "I said to him, contaminated." Where are we contaminating? I said, I personally don't go up to Harabite. I don't go to the temple Mount. but to suggest that it's you going there, it's contaminating it. So he says, he said, they go there and drink alcohol. I said to him, are you are you in front of TV camera right now, in front of tens of thousands of people, seriously suggesting that Jews go up to the Temple Mount and are drinking alcohol? He said, no, I don't mean a a party type of thing, but they do their rituals. I said, excuse me, they're not even allowed to say one word that indicates the Jewish prayer. You know it's not true. And he pulled back from it. But then I would point my finger and say, but that's the incitement, because if a Muslim out there hears that Jews are contaminating the site, or here's that we're having wild parties of alcohol on there, that incites people certainly towards rock-throwing, certainly towards the street violence, and, God forbid, even to terror attacks. So that we, we did point the finger in that direction, and we do have to be very strong against the terror. However, and this is a however which not everyone, certainly in the United States, understands, right. the Jewish communities, we have to continuously be trying to figure out how we are going to... Uh, Solve or work towards solving this issue. We do have a situation here, not caving into terror, not in any way being weak towards terror, but the situation as it is right now is not a situation that can continue. Let's remember that even in Yerushalayim, we reached a point because of our sort of lack of any policy, the demographics are 60% Jewish, 40% Arab. Uh, right. That wasn't the case uh, many many years ago, and and we have to, for the sake of the Jewish state and for Israel, be thinking long term in terms of our strategy as well. But at the moment, our focus is certainly on the incitement and on being strong against the terror. Sure,
1: the 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 uh, the legitimization that's going on is is immense, and as you just mentioned, he's accused he's accusing Jews of going and making kiddish on the on the <laughs> our bias and you know there's a reason for doing something. It's not even true, and It seems to us that when these things are said over and over again, it allows for the, quote, lone wolves, if you will, to have open season on Jews. We have seen in the last week, you know, in Israel, in the Beta Road, we had Shlomo Zwickler on before who was talking about what happened there. There were other events in just the last few days. And around the world that uh, Jewish kids are being attacked. Now, this does happen, but it seems that it has happened more in the last few weeks because of this constant delineation delegitimization of the state, and uh, it's, it's very difficult to fight that.
7: For sure. So we are, as a government, exploring many different policies, including because uh, very often the rock throwing is actually done by children, and that's mm-hmm. very complicated from a law enforcement perspective. So the idea of putting into law, into policy, that parents are responsible uh, for the children in, the, in these incidences, and trying very hard to find all kinds of ways uh, to get a handle on a very uh, difficult and complex uh, situation. And I have no doubt uh, that, God willing, uh, we'll do that. By the way, I just want to throw into the mix as well we shouldn't sure. forget that that, that in the last few weeks we also lost two druze as uh, members of the security forces
3: Absolutely. and that
7: I, that and that shows from my perspective our willingness and ability to live side by side with people who are not jewish you know that's something which is often overlooked you're talking right. about non jews who are proud members of a State of Israel and citizens who proudly serve even in our security forces and die uh, on behalf of all the people of the Jewish state and in this particular case last week, without hesitation, standing outside a, a shoal and shooting and eventually being shot point blank by terrorists coming out for the Jewish people. I went to uh, the village, the Jews' village, on Thursday to sit with the family, and that's exactly what we talked about, that this has to be the model. And no one should ever suggest that we're not open to living peacefully uh, with non-Jews, and it's all uh, incitement and lies uh, to try to prevent uh, that from happening. Right. And we have to keep our, our focus on uh, our ability to do so.
1: Right, of course. Rabbi Lipin, member of Knesset, is my guest this morning. Uh, when it comes to... Um... When it comes to the uh well, I mean, I guess there's so many different things. There's the temple mound. Every everything that they claim is is an incitable uh, event is not really true. And as you mentioned, you you fight that and you speak to them. Uh, when when I, I let me ask it this way, I I think if I'm correct, that most people around the world does not do not realize uh, how ingrained the incitement is in the minds of children. You mentioned children as the rock throwers from. Early on, because their textbooks they legitimize Israel and talk against Israel, it is a grown, um, it, it is a, uh, a generation that has grown up now with this in the classroom. I, I doubt that many people around the world would realize that and to be shocked, uh, hopefully, to see this. Uh, how do you get that out? I mean, that is even deeper than you know uh, uh, the rhetoric that a politician will say to everybody. Well, it's more
7: complicated because on the Palestinian side, this is another example where they lie about it. Um, they're, they're, they, they, they deny uh, that it exists, and even when you uh, show or demonstrate that there are textbooks which have this incitement, they'll say, oh, that one somehow got through, but we really checked them, and this is literally what happens so it's a problem it's a problem which has to be dealt with uh, our belief in terms of again uh, my party in Yeshatd that you know as we move or try to explore some kind of uh, agreement as we try to build trust somewhere along the lines over here, uh, a big part of that has to be uh, a removal of the incitement because uh, there's no possibility uh, for us to resolve anything uh, as long as the incitement uh, exists. Sure. And in terms of the world, uh, we point it out. I right? know when we have meetings with various groups, we show it to them and we, we point it out to them. And many of them are shocked by it when they see just in front of their eyes the the very facts. And uh, we ask them when they – because most groups that come to and they also go to Ramallah. And we mm-hmm. ask them, confront them about it, show them that we showed you this information, and and they have to answer to it. And, and that's part of, obviously, our overall
1: strategy. Right, absolutely. Uh, the, uh, there was news recently that more tunnels were discovered, uh, and uh, that, that that goes on, that they're spending millions of dollars on building tunnels to attack Israel again.
7: We certainly uh, are working on having mechanisms in place to make sure that any funds that are transferred, uh, that there is an ability, and there is, there is, there is an ability to uh, make sure that it's used, uh, in the right way. Uh, I have not been told that any of the money that's been transferred as of yet, uh, has gone towards that. Today is actually the first day, I believe, that money, uh, that the building materials are actually, uh, going in and, uh, to be used for hopefully for rebuilding the homes. Right. Uh, but, but now, but now that we experienced the war this summer with the tunnels, uh, there certainly is a much greater focus, uh, amongst the security forces, uh, towards those issues. And, uh, we have to be vigilant and, our hope was certainly to take advantage of the situation that the war created where all of a sudden we had Egypt and Saudi Arabia on our side, yeah. uh, to try to finesse that into a different reality, uh, in Gaza at the moment that has not happened. And, uh, you know, that's certainly, with, within the Israeli government, that's a issue of contention between various parties in terms of what's the best way uh, to move forward. Uh, but hopefully uh, we'll be able to come to some kind of agreement and resolution and use it to our benefit. Very, very
1: good, very good with that. Uh, <clears throat> do you think that there are now going to be guards and panic buttons installed in every shul in, in Israel?
7: No, but at the same time, and I am going to be honest here, uh there has not been a Schwnestre since that morning where <laughs> i haven't thought about it as I started uh, The Silent Shimon Esrei, and right. uh, I, I have to imagine everybody uh, thinks about it somewhat. But life can, goes on, and we continue davening, we continue our lives as normal, and our children are continuing their lives as normal, and that, that's part of who we are
1: Absolutely. Uh, as a
7: Jewish people and a people in Israel. Uh, and this is what I said throughout the press here in Israel, and even to press that I knew would go to the Arab stations as well, and that is that uh, they accomplished nothing. Right. Other than killing, other than killing people, they accomplished, uh, nothing, and, and that will always be the case. Absolutely. We're not going to be hindered, we're not going to be held back, uh, God God willing all the tourists will continue coming from the United States and other places and show their support and demonstrate, uh, that we're not going anywhere. Right. That's the message that we repeat over and over again.
1: And uh, another 100,000 people for all the eye would make a tremendous difference also on the ground, <laughs> no question about yeah, that. People,
7: people, people always ask me when I travel to America, you know, what can we do? And, and I'm not somebody who says that everybody has to drop everything and move to Israel. But when you talk about uh, many of the issues that we face in, in Israel on so many levels, internal issues, external issues... My goodness, if there was a way for uh, a few hundred thousand North Americans to to come here and be here, it would strengthen us on so many levels, and uh, I certainly hope that everyone at least explores the idea, and if they can't do it themselves, at least raise your children uh, to come here, and then when you retire, come and join them and live the greatest life of retirement, which exists in that community.
1: Right. Give Rabbi Fass a lot of work at Nefesh B'Nefesh. That's what we ask people to do. Uh, Rabbi Dov Lipman, member of Knesset, my final question to you. I've asked you this before when you've been on. Tell us something positive that's going on. You do so much work in the Knesset. You're a member of many committees, and you have made a tremendous name for yourself in leadership. Um, what, what tidbit of information can you tell us that's a, that's a good positive thing about what's going on in Israel today?
7: We are looking at, um, I had the Knesset task force to help uh, Haredim uh, find work. It's in training mm-hmm. for work and find work. We have programs that we have an average of 500 resumes per month that come from Haridim. Wow. Uh, number, numbers uh, in the thousands that in a year and a half are looking for jobs, and we're helping them find jobs. And this is something which, plain and simple, on the most basic level, takes people from living off stucca to supporting their families uh, with dignity, showing their children that you're able to balance being a Talmud Chacham and also a fervently religious and also supporting your family with dignity so that the children will grow up with that value. Amazing. Major, major paradigm shift and, and that's something which I view you know, daily daily I see numbers and, and we're in contact with the various projects daily and that's a tremendous source of, of optimism um, you know, we have 42 uh, schools that opened this year uh, Haredi schools with general studies oh. and boys who are telling me that they are loving it, that they, their lives are different because of it, their their religion, their, their davening is better because of it, their learning is better because of it. So these are things uh, that we're certainly uh, involved with and, and, and excited about, and uh, that's in terms of my specific area of, uh, of focus. Great. Uh, lot, a lot of good things uh, happening internally, which I've learned that the good things don't always get their headlines. Of so, course. Uh, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> that's why, th- but thank God.
1: That's why I want to always ask about them. Uh, Rabbi, uh, Lipman, thank you again for joining us this morning here on JM Sunday. Uh, I wish you a good chodesh. We have the, uh, Chag of Hanukkah coming up, which is a very happy one, and it certainly celebrates our defeat of the enemy. I hope that, uh, continues, and with your help, uh, it, it shall continue.
7: Bezat Hashem. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Take care. Rabbi Dov Lipman, member of Knesset, thank you for joining us this morning here on JM Sunday. Always a pleasure. He made some very good points about uh, what is going on in Israel. How the strength of the families is um, certainly giving strength to everybody else. His uh, his being there the next day. He, he said he left with uh, greater greater strength, and he went to give strength, and he left with uh, with strength. And uh, he always has positive things to say. Of course, there are things going on that in Israel. They're very positive, and we hope that the, these tragedies will be few and far between and not happen again. It's a couple of minutes before the end of the show. We'll hear some music and then we'll wrap up right here on JM Sunday. We heard from Benjamin Sofer with the Yom Shabboson. Right now, in the background, you're hearing Shlomi Dax with Yehia Fodesh on this uh, Rosh Kodesh Kislev morning as we get ready to finish up our segment today of JM Sunday, our program. My thanks to guests Shlomo Zwickler, Ziva Convasser, and member of Knesset Rabbi Dov Lipman for being with us this morning. Much appreciated, and um, their words were great. If you missed any of the show, you can hear it on the archives. Go to NachumSiegel.com. Great programming continues all day long with uh, encore programs from uh, encore programs from this past week. Uh, great music stream and Elliot Weiselberg with Court Report at uh, 7 o'clock this afternoon, this evening, on this Rosh Kodesh day. Also, uh, by the way, uh, if you are able to, a great thing to go to today is... I just had that, and I know there's a concert tonight at the uh, Joseph Kushner uh, School. Let me see if I can get that out. The Gatt Brothers are performing tonight, and uh, they are at the uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, taking place at 7.30 tonight. The cat brothers are amazing uh, well known all over now uh, the rock and roll rabbis performing songs from the 60s and the 70s uh, and uh, information call eight six two four three seven eight one seven six eight six two four three seven eight one seven six that is tonight and uh, appreciate everybody who joined us this uh, today again and we're ready to wrap up the show. Nachum will be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. for J.M. in the A.M. He'll be on till 9. The Israel Show follows Nachum exclusively on the stream with Mayor Weingarten. When you get a chance, like our page, J.M. Sunday, like Mayor Weingarten's page, the Israel Show. Nachum will be in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week. Then Mayor Weingarten will be back on Thursday morning for a Thanksgiving show, and Mayor Ferdig will take the reins on Friday morning for the uh, holiday Erev Shabbos program over at JM and the A.M. We'll be back here next week on JM Sunday. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Have a great day. Good Chodesh. Great Chodesh. A great week. And we'll see you next week back here on JM Sunday.